Sierra Nevada. Sign up today and you'll never miss another bet. With the largest wagering menu, the mobile sports app features live in-play betting on all major sports. For more information and to see participating sign-up locations, visit WilliamHill.us. Must be 21. Gambling problem? Call or text 1-800-522-4700. Sound off Raider Nation. Join GT The Brick weekdays from noon to 2 p.m. from the most interactive talk show in sports talk radio. We are R&R 920 AM. KRLV Las Vegas. Broadcasting live from the Finley Cadillac Performance Studio. This is Unnecessary Roughness. Caught at the 20. Racing near sideline 10. Turn of the 5. Touchdown Raiders. The crowd applauds because Las Vegas just win, baby. Unnecessary Roughness on Raider Nation Radio, 920 AM. Here's your boy Q. Q. Coming up about 3.15, you'll hear from Raiders defensive lineman Max Crosby in the Raider locker room. Vinny Bonsignor had an opportunity to catch up with him, so you'll hear that conversation. Plus, we'll get back to the phone lines at 702-365-9200. We'll hear from you. you want to get your thoughts on how the passing of Franco Harris may impact Saturday's game. Raiders-Steelers there in Pittsburgh, 50th anniversary of the Immaculate Reception. But joining us now on the phone lines, very excited about our next guest. That is Coach Big Dog Roll, our Pedge Big Dog Roll. And, Coach, thanks so much for your time this afternoon. I do appreciate you. And on Sunday, the Raiders hooked you up with the Inspire Change Changemaker Award. For you to receive that from your local team here, the Las Vegas Raiders, what did that mean to you? Uh, it meant a lot to me. Thank you for having me. It meant a lot because I grew up around watching my dad inspire a lot of guys uh, over the years. I mean, whatever he had to do to make sure that these young men and women had the, the guidance and direction that they needed to be better, not just players, but people, uh, really inspired me to want to inspire as many people as possible. So um, to be able to be recognized as that, you know, a lot of times you work hard, you don't really know if anybody's really paying attention to what you're doing. And not that it matters, but sometimes you need that motivation. So for, for the Raiders to recognize uh, what was being done, you know, with Big Dog Football in the community meant a whole lot to us and the families that we serve. You know, how big is that, that uh, organization as big as the Raiders with that brand behind it? The Raiders are not just playing football here in Las Vegas. They're not just going to Allegiant Stadium, but also representing in the community and, and helping you as well provide like you're doing. That's, that's extremely big, you know, um, during COVID, you know, what, what was really important to me was was that um, organizations like Raiders show up, you know, players show up, um, and people show up for those that were underserved and underprivileged. And so since, since COVID, I've been trying to um, have a program to where we go out in the community and serve kids um, that may not have the funds, may not have the resources to succeed. We wanted to take that excuse away uh, as to them not having resources, so to have Raiders stop and identify um, what's going on in the community and what, what those needs are, as big as they are, as many responsibilities as they have. Uh, if I get a chance to train some of the pro guys, and I know they have a lot going on, but for them to, to say, you know what, we want to turn our attention to, to these kids, these families in the community, uh, organizations that are helping these kids, that, that's extremely um, important and, and it's, it's really meant a lot to us them to recognize us and help us continue to support those families and kids in our community. That was really huge for us. It meant a lot to us. 
What have you seen from the kids? Because you speak to a lot of kids. You help out the Big Dog Football. Again, the, that's a great organization that's doing a lot uh, here in town locally, right, taking care of a lot of different kids and being mentors and leaders and all that. What kind of response have you got from the kids that you talk to as far as just, you know, all the teachings that you have going on? Um, you know, it's, it's very tough because so there, there are three things when it comes to you know, that we've identified when it comes to young men succeeding, women, young men and women succeeding, especially in middle school, high school, that's really important. One, they want to be good at what they do. You know, they want to be great on the football field. They want to be skilled. They want to be tacticians. They want to be strategists. They want to perform on the field, and that's really important. So they've got to get the right training. Um, two, character, making good choices, doing the right things in, in the community, you know, we, we deal, we talk a lot about being good on the field, but we also have to be good in, in the field of life, right? Making the right choices and making sure we make good choices, stay away from situations or people that may guide us in the wrong direction. And then that third thing that's really important is education. You know, sometimes uh, athletes, especially, they need help. They need help with math, science, English. You know, they need help with how to be a better student, things like that. And so to be able to have, those three lifelines, so to speak, to, to help them, you know, succeed and get to where they want to be, they're extremely grateful for. Parents that we've spoken to, our athletes that we speak a lot to, you know, we've even had the Raiders come and they've had co- uh, players speak to our kids about what it means to be a student athlete. Things like that is, you know, for the kids to know that the Raiders are showing up and reaching a hand and pulling them up and guiding them where they need to go, it means a lot to these kids knowing that they're not uh, absent, that they're not being ignored, or that they're someplace where nobody's paying attention. People are going into the crevices, like, like the Raiders are doing. Excuse me. Raiders are going into the crevices and helping these kids that really need that guidance and direction, and it means a lot because it's showing these kids and us as an organization that we matter. I think that's really important. Kids need to know that their lives matter um, and that organizations like the Raiders and the NFL are going to do whatever it takes to make sure that they succeed and do what they hope to do. Coach, how difficult is that? I, I always say that I'm glad I grew up in an era where there wasn't social media, where there wasn't camera phones, where there wasn't, you know, so many. It was so easy. It's so easy now to get access to just about anything you want. That wasn't me. I mean, I'm 46. I didn't have all those all those things given, to, you know, right in front of me. How difficult is it now with all the access that the young people do have these days? Um. Do you say access access to social media? Social media, to, to the Internet, just, I mean, be, people being able to get a hold of, you know, your kids yeah. without even being in the area. Right. I mean, it's just, it seems like there's something yeah. always around the corner. Right. You know, it, it really it really goes both ways. You know, it's um, with this whole, you know, uh, NIL thing where athletes are able to now, you know, earn some sponsorships and things like that. You know, I played collegiately. I played professionally. And, we had nothing like that. Um, but also, like you said, coaches reaching out to kids, not parents, like you said, just straight to kids in, re- in regards to scholarships, you know, all the, the influences and affluences on social media is very tough because nowadays if you don't exist socially, you don't exist, which is, which is unfortunate for these kids to think. Yeah. Um, and, and so, you know, how they reflect themselves, how they, their images – and things like that, they always feel like they're missing something. I gotta. In a, I used to have this saying where, I, and when I talk to my kids, I mention this. We talk about the idea of television. 
right? And television was exactly what it says, tell a vision. Mm -hmm. And so you have this vision that this screen is telling you, and you feel like if you're not matching up to that vision on that screen that you're falling short. So social media now, you know, you should be able to, as a parent or as a coach or as a, a guardian, look at that television and kind of guide what it is that that person, that child has seen. Nowadays, that television is in our pocket. And that could be a good thing. It could be good to where you got some positive things that's being seen, some, some good things that's going on, inspirational pieces. That's really important to help inspire kids the right direction and go in the right way. However, it's so much bad too at the same time, you know, to where you see people, you see their, their, you know, what they're doing, their training, who they're with, you know, um, things like that, the decision that they're making, how much money they have, what they're wearing, what they're driving. And if you feel that you're not driving that, wearing that, saying that, you're at those places, you feel like you're coming short. And it kind of takes away a little bit of the grind, uh, the work, the process, the progress that goes into, you know, succeeding. And so it, it can go both ways. If you don't have somebody there to help these kids interpret what they're seeing and telling them the truth, it can be very, very devastating at the same time. It's very challenging to kind of maneuver through that nowadays. Talking right now with Coach Big Dog Roll here on Radio Nation Radio 920. And uh, Big Dog was actually the recipient of the Inspire Change Changemaker Award Sunday at the Raider game versus the Patriots. My man Damon in the home studio, he's got one for you. It's National Signing Day across, you know, for high schoolers across the nation, you know, declaring what school they're going to go to. Have you had any players that you've personally coached up? Have they signed anywhere? I mean, big or small, because I know it's always about the five-star recruits. But, I mean, it's, it's, it's important for any kid. Hey, if you're getting an offer to somewhere to go play college, that's, that's important to at least recognize and salute. Yeah, we, we have, we have uh, quite a few kids that have signed, that have maybe one or two that have signed now and some that are looking to sign and uh, come come February on the the actual sign, the next signing day, um, but you know what? It's it's scary. I, I'm I'm excited for them. I'm happy for them, but I'm also nervous for them at the same time because there is a big gap, you know, between high school being a high school student athlete and being a college student athlete. There's a there's a there's a big gap. We try to close that gap as much as we possibly can because when you get to college. I don't care if you're a five-star, four-star, three-star, whatever star. That does not matter when you step foot on campus. You're starting all over again. So we're more so focused on, okay, you know, now that you're getting ready to go to school, here's what it's going to take. Here's the mentality that it's going to take for you to actually get there and stay there, right? We're excited about them getting there. But more importantly, we want them to stay, get a degree behind their name, and be somebody. So it it kind of goes both ways. You know, it's like – we, you know, I've taught for 15 years, and I've seen a lot of kids go to college, and I haven't seen not a lot of them stay um, because of that huge gap. So, yes, we've had we've got some guys that we we train. We train tri- quite a few guys locally. We train a lot of few guys that come from out of country, in country, all over the place. So we it's hard to keep up with everybody. But we've had our hands on a lot of great athletes um, that are signing, that have signed already, and some that are signing. But we're praying that they stay at the same time. And with you being a teacher, being an educator, what do you think is that biggest gap or that one sticking point that you can, like, spread the message? If they're not going to take everything, that one thing that this is what you need to be prepared for when you get to college. The biggest thing, there are so many points, but um, <laughs> the biggest, the, yeah, it is. The, the biggest thing is I was an All-American coming out of high school. I had a 4.3 GPA, and it wasn't because I was the smartest. 
is because I, I didn't have no choice, right? From the area that I grew up in, from the things that I had to deal with, I had a great dad, great family that supported me, but my environment wasn't the best. Um, when I got to college, I wasn't sure who I was. And that first year, it's like life tried to mold me and, and tell me what it wanted me to be. And that was dangerous, right? And so it's like knowing what I want and, and knowing what I wanted to become and, and knowing what my goals were and sticking to that um, was very important to me when I finally figured that out. And so be who you are, you know, not necessarily try to be somebody else. Don't compare yourself to anybody else. You know, everything is, is going to come in time. Um, but what is it that you're going to college for? What is it that you want to become and who are you? And don't allow anything on the outside to deter you from what it is that you want to accomplish. I tell my student athletes this, you know, if you're, you're a boat and you're on water, everything is where it's supposed to be. You're going to float. You're going to be okay. But be careful when the water gets inside the boat. When the water gets inside the boat, that's when the boat begins to sink. And it's kind of the same thing what I'm saying now is that you're this All-American but or great player, whatever the case may be, and now you're this small boat in this huge ocean. Mm-hmm. And you just got to be very careful about how much of that outside stuff gets inside of you. You've got to know who you are, what it is that you want to accomplish, and stick to that and be careful about a lot of the outside stuff getting in. Make sure you stay afloat. Make sure you don't sink. Again, we're talking with Coach Arpedge, Big Dog Roll here on Raider Nation Radio 920. And I got to say, I, I went back all the way to 2019. I was checking out some of your podcasts, Big Dog Trench Talking. You got me fired up. <laughs> I mean, I'm not, I'm not a defensive lineman. If I was playing, I'd be something like a DB, a safety or something. But you got me pretty fired up. And one of the things you said on one of your episodes, you were talking about if you're a great defensive lineman, you got to learn how to be a great offensive lineman. And, you know, you're not a thief, but you got to be able to think like a thief we have right. a guy in max crosby that? here in vegas that plays for the raiders and you know him very well what do you see from yeah. max crosby on that defensive line <laughs> that's cool that you listen to that i appreciate that um yeah i um so i i had the privilege of working with max for a little bit and he's um it's a fresh rookie year and uh as we know extremely talented uh extremely gifted gifted guy and so the thing, when I watch Max Max plays, and I've also gone to the pass rush summits and listened to Max talk about kind of his strategy, being a tactician, he has really grown into uh, a defensive player, a pass rusher that knows what he wants to do. He knows what he's good at. He, he knows what he can do. And he has an idea of the bundle of rushes he's going to do to get to where he wants to be. You know, for example, um, we talk a lot about setting stuff up, playing chess at the line of scrimmage. And in order for you to get to the point where you're saying checkmate, you're going to have to do a couple of things first to get to that point of attack, that POA point of attack. He's taking his speed, his agility. He's very slippery. He's gotten really good with his hands, but he's learned to put himself in position to where at the right moment and the right time, he has his go-to move that he's taking the time throughout the game to set that up. A lot of rushers sometimes can be a little immature in the fact that they want to sack every pass rush, and it's not going to happen that way. A mature pass rusher knows how to set himself up for the checkmate. And just watching him and just watching the things that that he's been doing, um, he's been more patient and setting things up, whether it be a speed-to-power, speed-to-power counter, 
all of a sudden he's been in the corner on the edge um, for either a hurry or a sack. So he's been more patient. He's been very precise at, in the fight, you know, um, and he's been um, very good at, at what he does. And he does him. Max does Max. And that's the thing. He doesn't do anybody else. He does what he does well. And that's really caused him to really flourish uh, these last two years. So he's been doing really well. How much fun is it for you to share technique and share stories and, and share, you know, how, uh, teachings with, uh, you know, players that are up and coming that are trying to get, you know, to the highest level, that are trying to be dominant defensive linemen or even dof- dominant offensive linemen, but you just be able to share the knowledge that you have. How much does that mean to you? Um, it's, it is my life charge, man, to be very honest with you. It, it is my life charge because um, I'm not the biggest guy. Um, I'm probably – 6'2 on, on a good day. I ain't gonna tell you how much I weigh. But I'm about 6'2 <laughs> on, on, a, on a good day. I'll I give it 6'2, six, 6'1. Six, I was told I was too small to be a great D lineman. Um, because what, what tends to happen is, you know, unfortunately, as you know, just as much as I do, when guys are coming up to be these football players, they get profiled, right? They say, mm-hmm. um, you know, hey, this guy is the same height and has the same arm, arm length as Max. Um, they kind of resemble a little bit. So, if he looks like him, if he has the same length and height as him, he's probably going to be just as good of a player. And they get profiled to these great players um, like that. But what if they don't have that height? You know, what if they don't have that length? Um, what if they don't have that body type or didn't come from that college? What now? Right? And it's, there's nothing that you can control. And that really bothered me, you know, as I, when I played the game of football, is that I was looked over because I didn't have the prototype or the body type that a college or NFL team may want. So I had to prove myself with just being able to take what I have, right, which I can't change, and just use that to the best of my ability. So being able to look at a kid, like one particular kid um, from Arborview High School, he's about five six, um, was at maybe 210 pounds. And he ended up leading the state, uh, in, excuse me, second in the whole state of Nevada with sacks um, wow. as a nose tackle at about five six. Um, five, five, maybe five, six on a good day with cleats on. And so my, my whole point is I don't care what you look like. You know, mm-hmm. it's not about the size of the fight and the dog. It's about the size of the dog in the fight. Mm-hmm. And take your attitude and let's teach you how to use your hands, your body, your, your hips, your feet to be very strategic at the line of scrimmage. Let's teach you pre-snap reads and post-snap attacks. Let's explain the game of football so that you're very confident going into every play as opposed to saying, I'm going to win because I'm bigger. I don't have to be bigger than you. I'm, I'm going to be smarter than you. If you're bigger than me, I'm going to be quicker than you. If you're quicker than me, I'm going to be stronger than you. If you're a pretty good player, I'm going to outsmart you. Mm-hmm. But I'm going to figure out a way how to beat you. I don't care who you are. And these kids need to be taught that, right? Not just about football, but also about being a good person. I can get what it is that I want. I just got to figure out how to get it. But nothing's going to keep me. My, not my background, not how I look, not my stature. If I want it bad enough, if it's in me to want it bad enough, I'll figure it out. And that's the message I'm always trying to get across when I'm teaching technique. There's always a way to beat somebody. You just got to figure it out. So it brings me a lot of uh, encouragement because it's something that I wish at 15, 16 years old, somebody told me. At 18, somebody told me this stuff. You know, so it's like I'm talking to myself, that 15, 16-year-old boy that was very insecure and wasn't quite sure if he could accomplish and be amongst one of the greats. I'm talking to them every time I talk to somebody about how they can be successful at the line of scrimmage. So I feel like I'm doing what, what, what I'm supposed to do. 
You are. You absolutely are. And Big Dog Football is, is helping in a major way. And uh, if there's anyone who wants to help out or can contribute or get some more information on Big Dog Football, what do they need to do? Uh, I, I would love that. Definitely looking for, you know, some good people that love kids, that care about kids to definitely help us continue to, to, to grow and help uh, in the community. Uh, definitely can call me at 702-202-2409. And uh, we would love to have you, athletes, parents, coaches. Um, and, and, it, and it's not just about necessarily us coaching athletes, but it's also coaching coaches too. Um, even schools, we've had the privilege of going to talk to principals and assistant principals about programs and things that, that can be implemented to help kids, especially athletes, improve in the, in the classroom. So whether it be a school or programs, parents or athletes, we want to help in any fashion we can to help progress these student-athletes to be better. So 702-202-2409. There it is right there. Well, Coach, thank you so much for your time this afternoon. I do appreciate you, and congratulations again on the award that the Raiders gave you, Inspire Change, Changemaker Award on Sunday at the Raider game. Thanks so much, Coach. Thank you for having me. Appreciate you guys. God bless. Happy holidays to you. All right, you too. Happy holidays, Coach. Coach Arpege, big dog roll right there with us here on Raider Nation Radio 920. And uh, that's real, man. I, I, I like what he's talking about. I like the fact that uh, he's trying to inspire and help, and especially with the youth, because that's where it starts right there. And so lots of good messages that he has. And awesome, nice uh, recipient of the award that he got from the Raiders at the game on Sunday. And, of course, they continue to give back to the community as well. 321 is the time. When we come back, we'll hear from Mad Max Crosby. Plus, we'll hear from you at 702-365-9200. And then at 330, Franco Harris from 2020, Super Bowl 54, myself and Paul Catalina. You'll hear that conversation. This is Rare Nation Radio 920. You're listening to Unnecessary Roughness with your boy Q on Raider Nation Radio. Coming up at 3.30, very excited about the conversation that I was able to have with the late, great Franco Harris. Passed away this morning in 72. Of course, the week of the 50th anniversary of the Immaculate Reception. He was going to have his jersey retired at halftime. I'm sure he still will. He just obviously won't be there, but just crazy. I mean, you know, you just never know. You just never know when it's going to be, uh, when your number is going to be called. And Franco was just on TV yesterday. Uh, Brooke Pryor, Pryor from ESPN, who I'm trying to get on the show sometime this week, she was actually with him yesterday at the airport looking at the statue that's there of the Immaculate Reception, and she said that there was some, uh, some, just some regular people that just walked up, just some you know normal people that were in the airport and just recognized him and started talking to him, and, and they wanted to take a picture with him, and he said, yeah, well, and they started asking about football, and they started talking, and he must have spent 15 or 20 minutes just talking football with them. And so I'm trying to get Brooke Pryor on the show sometime this week to talk about that experience. I mean, she literally was emotional this morning when she was talking because, again, she was just with him yesterday afternoon. So I'm sure that that was just a a surreal moment. So uh, I had an opportunity to talk with him uh, with my then coworker, Paul Catalina from ESPN Central Texas. And uh, we did that at Super Bowl 54 2020. That was in Miami. So you'll hear that conversation coming up in a few minutes. But Got some uh, more to get to before we get to that, uh, including the question that we threw out there. How does the passing of Franco Harris impact Saturday's game? What do you think? How will it affect the game? How will it affect the environment? Want to hear from you at 702-365-9200. Also, our don'tbebroke.com text line 69187, keyword R&R. Let's go out to the phone lines, though, and talk to a very patient, hardcore Raider. Welcome to the show. What's on your mind, my man? Thank you. First of all, I just want to say uh, prayers and thoughts and prayers to uh, you know Franco Harris and his family. Uh, you know, it's just kind of crazy, you know, we, 
Raiders did an amazing job releasing that, uh, you know, like kind of video film, yeah. uh, you know, they posted on YouTube. Yep. Uh, feeling pretty good going to bed, you know. I mean, I don't expect the media to ever give the Raiders much love. But, you know, watching that video, I'm like, you know what, maybe the maybe the media will, like, kind of, uh, you know, maybe look at it from, like, the Raiders and Raider Nation, like, you know, lens. You know, may- maybe it's a little much to ask that. Um, but then woke up, and first thing, like you, you know, I look at my phone, I'm like, what? I'm like, how? I'm like, how's that possible? Like, right after Raiders mm-hmm. dropped the YouTube video. So I, my, my mind was blown, to be honest with you. I'm still kind of just like, how's that possible? That's just crazy. But, um, you know, uh, looking at it, I mean, you know, I, you know, I was stationed in the Army. Uh, I was actually there where you used to be uh, out there in Clean, Texas, Fort Hood. Oh, yeah. And it gets hot. It gets hot in Texas. It gets mm-hmm. real hot, yep. you know. Um, I've also been in Mojave Desert, been in Iraq, 115, 120 degrees, you know. So I've been in some heat. Uh, when I was a kid, I lived in Montana, and it gets cold there, really cold. So the point is is that we got this game coming up. We got rain coming on Thursday in Pittsburgh, okay? This is the Pittsburgh weather. Mm-hmm. Snow coming on Friday, and then by game time, it's going to be probably around 10 degrees. But it's, I bet you, dude, it's going to be below zero. Mm-hmm. And I'm telling you, like, through all the extreme, like, weathers I've ever been in, the coldest I, or the the most brutal I've ever been has been when it's like really cold and below zero. If, if you guys ain't been in below zero weather, it is the most miserable thing. If you can't like fill your fingers and move them, it, I'm telling you, dude, it's the most miserable thing you could ever live through. And uh, so anyways, these players, this is going to be, I'm telling you, this is going to be a lit game, man. This is like 1975 AFC championship ice bowl. That field yeah. is going to be pure ice unless they get some heaters <laughs> on it, man. I'm telling you that field is going to be an ice skating rink for uh, the Raiders and, uh, you know, the Steelers. And they're going to come out fired up, man. There ain't no way they're going to, uh, you know, let us come in there and take it to them. So Raider, Raider Nation, Raiders, uh, they better come out uh, full force and be ready to fight because there ain't nothing like being cold like that and having to dig deep and fight, especially to win. So let's go. There you go. Good stuff, Hardcore Raider. Appreciate you. And, yeah, it's funny when we were talking to uh, head coach Josh McDaniels earlier today when he was walking off after the presser. Uh, he said, all right, I'll see you guys in Pittsburgh. You guys ready for the cold? And he looked directly at me, and I said, no. And he said, no no long sleeves, Q, no long sleeves, all short sleeves. I was like, oh, no, my brother. I'll tell you right now, what Hardcore Raiders said about cold, I think it's cold here. I wake up in the morning, I tell the wife, like, man, have we not installed a heat lamp or something in the bathroom? It is cold. That ain't nothing compared to what it's going to be in Pittsburgh on Saturday. I told I was walking out of the press conference room earlier today, and uh, Vic Taver said, hey, you're going to be in Pittsburgh? I said, oh, no, my brother, this game is being played in December. You got to give me a game in Pittsburgh in September. That's when I need to go to a game in Pittsburgh. I don't need to go. And I did think about going to that Christmas Eve game, but, man, no thank you, man. I am not, I'm not built for the cold. I, call me what you want. I'm okay with that. I'll own it. I am not built for the cold. When Hardcore Raiders said, oh, I don't know if you guys ever experienced like zero-degree weather, I never have, and I never plan on intending to. At all. At all, brother. I'm right. Hey, look, me and you will be kicking in in the sun. I don't mind being in the sun. I can be hot and complain about the heat all day, but I do not want to be cold. There is no part of my being that wants to be cold. So, uh, you know, and these guys, look, they're going to go out there and they'll do what they do. They'll go out there and they'll get on the field and they'll start playing. And, I mean, they'll heat up. But uh, the thing he said about his hands, you know, and, and not being able to feel your fingers, I mean, that's when all of a sudden catching the ball is a lot more difficult. I mean, I, I played outside, right, when I was a kid. I didn't know no better. I was outside in the cold. And that cold wasn't nothing like that they're going to experience. And I remember trying to play basketball in the cold, trying to play, you know, whatever. 
that's not – it ain't easy, man. So it's, it's going to be tough. But the thing is, it's going to be tough for both teams. It's not like it's just going to be exclusive to the Raiders, like it's only cold for the Raiders. No, it's going to be cold for both. So they're going to have their work cut out, of, out for them. So I do believe I'm going to see a lot of the run game from both teams. And if it is snowing, Raider fans – Throw a couple of snowballs, <laughs> ne- get next to a Steeler fan and throw a snowball on the field so they can get a 15-yard penalty. Right. There you go. There you go. That I, I do think – and I, why, why wouldn't it be a super cold day? The weather's terrible. Again, it's the 50-year anniversary of the Immaculate Reception. Right? I mean, like Hardcore Raiders said, it's, it's, it's old-school football. It's old Ice Bowl-type football. Why not? Right? And, and they'll go and ball out and they'll do what they do and, you know, may the best team win. Who knows how it's going to shake out? But the elements are definitely going to play a factor – in the game. Let's go ahead and go into the Raider locker room. I do have the conversation with Franco Harris coming up in just a few minutes, but I did want to go into the Raider locker room. Vinny Bonsignor and some others caught up with Mad Max Crosby just a little while ago at the Intermountain Healthcare Performance Center. I know it hasn't all been perfect, but you look the last several weeks, it certainly looks like the defense is kind of trending in the right direction as, as a whole. What, what do you think of the biggest strides you guys have made as, as the season has gone on to have uh, better all-around performances? Um, I think just, you know, taking a deep breath and and just playing football, you know, not not trying to overthink things. Um, just get comfortable and, and, and play and play football. It's, it's sounds simple, but at the same time, it's it's really a majority of the game is once you know your job, you know, it's just about playing with swag and playing with confidence. And I feel like as a, as a whole, we've been doing that. And um, you know, it's a testament to all the leaders and all the coaches and everybody coming together and just um, you know improving every day. Forgive me if I missed this. I couldn't hear the beginning, but what does it mean for you to be able to play in kind of the anniversary of the Immaculate Reception game? Yeah, you know, it's legendary. You know, I'm a big football um, big football fan since I was a child. And, uh, you know, as I grew up, you know, coaches like Coach Marinelli, you know, he's the dude would give me books about, you know, the 1930s and football, you know, just crazy things like from when football first started and all the all the history of the game. And, um, you know, I'm, I'm a football historian at heart, and I love, you know, the history of this league. So, yeah, it's incredible, you know, Raiders, Steelers playing in the cold. Uh, you can't, can't get any better than that. So uh, we're definitely fired up. There you go. We just said that. Hardcore Raider just said that. Raiders, Steelers playing in the cold. It doesn't get any better than that. And he's not wrong. I'll tell you right now, I'm going to be sitting in my nice warm house on Christmas Eve, or if it's not mine, it'll be somebody's nice warm house watching that game, and I'll be juiced just because it is absolutely a throwback, old-school NFL game. Very excited about that. The question that we threw out there on the don'tbebroke.com text line, also want to hear from you at 702-365-9200. How does the passing of Franco Harris impact Saturday's game? How does it change your feelings on the game as well? Again, you can hit us up, 702-365-9200 and 69187, keyword R&R, com text line, brought to you by the DLC. When we come back, hit a couple of those texts, and you'll hear from Franco Harris going back to 2020, Super Bowl 54. Paul Catalina and myself got to interview the late, great Franco Harris. That's next on Radio Nation Radio 920. Now back to Unnecessary Roughness with your boy Q. 3.39 is the time here on Radio Nation Radio 920. Unnecessary Roughness, DeMond Cotton in the Finley Cadillac Performance Studio. I'm in the home studio. Got a lot to get to. And, man, we've had a fantastic show so far. Really excited about today's show. Not excited about what we found out early this morning when I woke up, the passing of Franco Harris. But, man, just adds another storyline to this week, which leading up to the 50th anniversary of the Immaculate Reception. Of course, the Raiders take on the Steelers in Pittsburgh on Christmas Eve, we threw out the question on the don'tbebroke.com text line at 69187, keyword R&R. How does the passing of Franco Harris impact Saturday's game? Got a couple good texts from the mailman Raider. He said, Q, Franco's passing 
Reminds me of when Al died and the Raiders went to Houston and beat them up. It's that angles, angels in the outfield, man. It's real. And, Q, every time I go snowboarding and get to the top of the mountain, I say to myself, did I spend $100 to be here? Take my ass back to the bay. I ain't mad at you. I'll tell you what, when it comes to that snowboarding, I tried that one time. I thought that was cute. I think I want to go ahead and do this, man. I think I cried. I was so cold. I was like, man, I don't want to be here no more. And it was raining, too. That was it. My dad, it took me. He took me snowboarding. My dad was an adventurous dude. He would always be willing to take me just about anywhere I wanted to go. And he allowed me to do some dumb stuff like bungee jump. I got to the top of that bungee thing, and I looked down and said, what in the hell am I doing up here? Who let me do this? I looked down. There's my dad. Come on, Key. Come on, Key. Jump. I'm like, oh, man, you're supposed to tell me this is dumb. (laughs) But he didn't, and I did it. But I snowboarded, or I tried to snowboard. One, I couldn't do it. I couldn't stay up. It was cold. It started raining. It was everything was all bad, man. I just it was all bad. I did go back one more time to the snow and got on a sled and I had fun, but it was still too cold. So I don't really get down like that anymore. I I, I realize I realize my limitations. So Mailman Raider, I'm not mad at you. I understand 100. percent But it does. This game will now reminds me as well. Just like you said, Al Davis when he passed, and then the Raiders played the Texans the next day. I remember I was in Texas. I remember waking up to the, 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 the news of Al Davis passing, and then all of a sudden knowing that they had to play Houston the next day, and they, uh, that was a huge accident, was uh, the coach of the Raiders at the time, and uh, they won the game with only 10 guys on the field, right? They had a guy run off the field, and then uh, Matt Schaub threw that interception when I thought he could have ran it in, but he threw the interception to Michael Huff right there in the end zone to seal the deal, and I remember seeing Hugh Jackson just get real emotional on the sideline. Yeah, this, that, this game definitely feels a lot like that. Uh, also... Got a text from Sir Whiskey Ray. Q&D, good afternoon on this Wednesday. It's a sad day here in the sports world as we lose a legend in Franco Harris. Come Saturday evening, I expect an old-time, smash-mouth, hard-fought football game between these two historic franchises. Look like it's going to be a cold one. Thank goodness we had the luxury of watching this game from our warm living room. You heard it first. A game-winning 50-plus yarder field goal by kicker Daniel Carlson to win this game come Saturday night. We'll take this win any way we can as wins are hard to come by. That's Sir Whiskey Ray. And I'll tell you what, kicks are going to be hard to come by on Saturday. That's going to be something that's going to be affected by the weather is the kicking game. So that'll be interesting if they line up for a 50-yard field goal in those kind of conditions. But thank you, Sir Whiskey Ray, for that text. I do appreciate you. Now we're about to get into Franco Harris, the interview I had uh, with him in 2020, Super Bowl 54. We were in Miami. Uh, my coworker at the time wasn't even my co-host because he was just on the radio station with me. He actually did another show with our boss, David Smoke. They did a show called You Make the Call, and I was on Unnecessary Roughness with Craig Smoke. But Craig wasn't there, and David wasn't there. Shocking. And uh, it was just me and Paul were there, and we decided, hey, we're going to tag team this interview. So we're going to get into Franco Harris' interview. Um, and it's, it's the only time I ever had an opportunity to talk to him. I saw him a couple times. saw him this last uh, year in Canton, Ohio, uh, f- when we were there for Cliff Branch, going into the Hall of Fame, but didn't get an opportunity to talk to him. So you'll hear that interview in just a second. But DeMond has done some fantastic work. And as this is the 50-year anniversary of the Immaculate Reception, here is the actual play called by the local, the local radio stations there in Pittsburgh. Last chance for the Steelers. Bradshaw trying to get away. And his pass is broken up by Tatum. Tipped off. Franco Harris has it. And he's over. Look! Franco Harris. Grab the ball on a deflection. Five seconds to go. He grabbed it with five seconds to go and scored. 
Let's watch one this again. One million to one odds on this one. Ricochet out there off of Jack Tatum and into the man of the year, Franco Harris's hands. Here's the miracle of all miracles. There's the call right there of the immaculate reception. Following the catch, following the long delay, following the officials calling it a touchdown and calling it a day, Franco Harris was in the locker room and had a conversation, a quick conversation. Here's Franco Harris in the locker room following the game. Good going, buddy. What, what happened on that play, Franco? Uh, right place at the right time. <laughs> a little bit of luck. You know, a little bit of luck catching the ball. Well, what's the, uh, what was your uh, part in that play? Where were you actually supposed to have been? Well, I was supposed to be in there blocking. <laughs> I remember the play right, but Terry started to scramble a little bit, so I went out thinking maybe I could get it open. He could throw it to me. And... He threw it downfield, and uh, I saw Frenchie, I think it was Jack Tatum, yeah. go for it, and it bounced bounced up, and as I said before, the right place at the right time. Are you you, uh, you outrun that guy into the end zone. Did it ever look like you feel he had a shot at you? Uh, I thought at one point he did, but I kind of stuck my arm out trying to hold him off, you know. Uh, believe me, at, at that point, you know, I don't think anything could have stopped me from going in the end zone. <laughs> there you go. Franco Harris following the game. So now... You've heard the play. You've heard Franco Harris in the radio in the in the locker room following the game, the radio call of that. Now, going back to Super Bowl 54 in Miami, myself and Paul Catalina on ESPN Central Texas had an opportunity to talk to now the late great Franco Harris. Welcome back into ESPN Central Texas Super Bowl 54 Radio Row, the great Franco Harris, 13 seasons, four-time Super Bowl champion, MVP of Super Bowl IX, Hall of Famer, 100 touchdowns, so, so much to talk about Franco Harris. Just I, say the immaculate reception, the immaculate, man. I don't want to say it. I don't want to say it. I don't Come say on, it man. Oh, he's too young to know that stuff. Yeah, I, I'm a little, little bit too young. A little yeah, bit too you young. know that. I, just, I, I don't want Q to start crying. He's a Raiders fan. No, because at course. some point I'm going to ask him, did he catch it? Yeah. He knows I'm going to ask him at and, some point. Yeah. Oh, so, but, uh, now I know why. Yes, me to sit down. <laughs> <laughs> you, uh, it, you were here around the Super Bowl and this kind of craziness. It was not like this when you were in Super Bowls, was it? No, it wasn't. Now it's hard to believe, but I played in the Super Bowl with a single digit. Right. <laughs> you know what yeah, I mean? Right. Super Bowl nine. I said, "Oh my gosh, Franco, that's incredible! Single digit Super Bowl." And when you uh, think back, you say, "Wow." Nothing like this. Right. I mean, uh, but uh, I have to admit, now being out of it, coming here and enjoying all of this is fantastic. I mean, now as a player, I'm not sure how guys deal with it, but, you know, when we were players, uh, you know, we couldn't get mixed up in a lot of stuff. And I have to admit, the first time as a non-player, years later after I played, I said, uh, you know, okay, I'll go to Super Bowl. I, like I said, I played him for, I don't know if I want to go, but I'm going to go, right? And I went to a Super Bowl, and I started going to all the parties and functions. I said, oh, my gosh, this is fancy. So this is what goes on outside of the team, all right. this stuff, people partying, having fun, and, the whole, you know, just a whole lot of things going on. And I said... Okay, I'm not going to miss another one. <laughs> you know what I mean? So, uh, you know what? The festivities are nice. You know, you see a lot of the guys. Uh, uh, you know, it's just a great atmosphere. It really is a great weekend. 
Now, how cool is it to be able to see players not only capitalize on the field with what they do as far as making large money, obviously, taking care of themselves, but also being able to kind of have a brand and be able to, you know, to branch off and do other things and be part of uh, different corporations and just have their names attached to other things. And it all starts with the game of football. Yes, it does. I mean, football just broadens our horizons mm-hmm. in so many ways, connects us to to so many things and uh, and you know just as you mentioned when I got out of football I got involved in business I love business and and it really helps to connect to uh, customers to you know to other uh, people that can connect to your business and as you said uh, you get you know uh, you know promotions can come along so football just opened up a whole new world and, right. and like as you know American football now is now global mm-hmm. in in so many ways, and so uh, the brand is strong, and and you know, and it makes you feel good being part of that history. And I want to say, and I know you're Raiders and Cowboys, but did we have a history? Mm-hmm. You know, absolutely. I mean, the '70s was an incredible run. I know you guys are too too young for that, but we had <laughs> we, we we had an incredible but run. This what we're doing now. You guys built it. Like, do you guys were the foundation? Like the '70s, Cowboys, Raiders, Steelers. Like, though the that was the foundation that made this the event it is, wasn't it? And and I think you're right because uh, you know with Pittsburgh, you know, like I, and I'm sure with the other team that you talked about, and you know, and you know this word too, but Steelers Nation grew up out of the '70s, and and that nation, as you know, is huge now and 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 each team has that following in that nation but uh uh you're right what we laid in the 70s laid the groundwork for what's now but also uh a nation of fans that has been incredible and and they're all over the world all over the world did you ever think you'd see a day that you'd uh, see nfl in las vegas you know what uh that one was was a nice surprise. I'm saying a nice surprise because uh, I'm glad to see it happen. And uh, and uh, you know, and you have to say you're a Raiders fan, and and I think that was the perfect fit, right, to go to Vegas. You know, because of your fan base out there, and uh, so it's going to be exciting. And and I, you know, hate to admit this, but. You know, me and my sister got a couple tickets. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. That's right. <laughs> All right. Let, I, I won't, so I can contain his emotions. You caught it, right? You caught it. You caught it. I mean, Come on. it was close. Come on. You caught it, right? My lips are sealed. <laughs> but I tell you what. You know what? Since you're a Raider fan, and if you go to NFL.com, uh, you know, uh, greatest moments. Yeah. And if you vote for the Immaculate Reception as the number one play and the number one moment in the 100 years of the NFL history, I might tell you. 
might tell me. So it's just like I'm, 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 I'm trying to get a Raider fan to vote. I'm voting right now. I'm voting, I'm voting right now. I'm voting right now. I'll tell you, it's one of the best. I, the documentary that, that was done about it was one of the best I've ever seen. It's just so many different angles and so many different conversations. And, you know, it's just it's one of those that even if you didn't catch it, it's, it's, it doesn't even matter. It doesn't even matter. Listen to that. Listen to that. Listen to that. It doesn't even matter because it was such it's such a such a great part of history that it doesn't even matter. And we'll you, go ahead and let y'all have that one. <laughs> and, you know, but you talk about different angles and different views. Yeah. And 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 so one time I I did listen to the Raiders broadcast of it. You know, doing that actual game is like. They don't sound upbeat. They don't sound happy. They don't. Sound, <laughs> <laughs> it was a complete opposite of the Steelers' uh, radio footage. Right. <laughs> you know, listen to the Raiders' radio footage of that particular play. All right. You mentioned uh, your businesses that you're you're involved in. Uh, one of the things we've, we've seen a lot of. I'm I'm a big fan of this because I think it helps. But uh, you're into to spec 360 Spectrum. Uh, you have to help me with the with the name of this. Dolorex. Dolorex CBD. I, I love you know, it. You, you know, like. Uh, Dollar is a French word. Mm-hmm. There you go. And, uh, and uh, you know, which, you know, means pain and Rx, you know. Um, so all about pain management and really about lifestyle management. And so I'm a big believer in uh, CBD products. And, and we, and Dolorex is a product is a product that performs. You right. know, all of us know about performance, right? Absolutely. You know what I mean? That's yeah. what it's all about, you know. And also, it's a brand that you can trust. And uh, and and it performs by the process that we use, the nanotechnology, the water-soluble, and the bioavailability of, of the CBD in the product is fantastic. And you can trust it because FDA-approved approved labs you know, we have certificates from seed mm-hmm. to shelf. And so in this industry now, just like anything in the beginning, you know, uh, it you know, has to where trust and we're also performance counts like anything. So Dolorex, I'm involved in it as a, as, a, as, a, as a partner in it, but also trying to spread the word because I am a big believer in CBD, yeah, and, and, great. And, yeah. and the great benefits that that it can bring because we know that it's you know that it's clean, it's good, it's it's natural, and just finding out more things about it, you know, you know, because it's all about lifestyle, right? And right. And after football, I try to live a lifestyle and do a lot of things that can help prevent future. Uh, you know, complications or injuries or, or, or conditions later on in life. Yeah. And so uh, taking CBD helps with all of us. And I didn't notice before this either that all of us have cannabinoids in our body mm-hmm. naturally. Right. I mean, we have it. And so, you know, we need to keep those receptors refreshed. And that's important by... Uh, Taking uh, by taking Dolorex, keep those receptors refreshed uh, to help with your uh, lifestyle as you go forward. I know we got to let you go, but I got to yeah. tell you real quick. Even though I'm a Raider fan, my dad, diehard Steeler fan, he's tell gonna be so dad, proud. I said hello. <laughs> He'll be so proud that I talked to you. So uh, I just, uh, it's been a pleasure talking to you. Hey, Thank guys, you so much. Fun, Absolutely, the, the great Franco Harris with us here on Radio Row.
There he goes right there. Franco Harris. And I just realized that we didn't reset that interview at all. So we did a bad job in that. We never reset it. We never said who we were talking to. We never said our radio station. So many things that we could have done better in that. But, hey, just glad to hear from Franco Harris. And that was the only opportunity I ever had to talk to him. So it was, it was cool to talk to him then. And, uh, again, my, my co-host at the time there was Paul Catalina, and he was a Cowboy fan. Obviously, we'd be in a Raider fan. Franco sat down and said, a Cowboy and a Raider? Oh, man, what am I going to do? But that was fun just to hear from him. And uh, there you go. You heard me, DeMond. I was like, ah, eh, we'll let you have that one, man. Even if we'll let you have that one. <laughs> Even if you didn't catch that one. He got it. He, he, he was funny about it, though. He enjoyed the conversation, and he even hung around and, and, and talked to us a couple minutes after, uh, you know, we stopped recording and everything. So a uh, fun conversation right there with the late, great Franco Harris passed away this morning at 72. Well, found out about it this morning. Uh, at the age of 72. 3.56 is the time. We'll come back. Hear from head coach Josh McDaniels. We'll go over the latest Raiders injury report and the Steelers injury report for Wednesday. This is Raider Nation Radio 920.